You are now listening to Cult Cinema Catacombs. These films exist. Watch, I'm going to be asleep, and then at 2.30 in the morning, my phone's going to go off, and I'm going to look at it, and you sent me a text that just says Lido. I'm just going to send you that. Just, just I'm going to isolate him saying Lido, and I'm just going to send it to you over and over again. So, Oh, and by the way, that picture that I showed you of the Hudson Brothers Magical Comedy Hour that I found? Yes. I bought it. Did you? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Good. Good. The, seven, the, the 70s, the, I mean, not just a 70s variety show, but a Saturday morning 70s variety show because they thought that was a great idea for kids back in the <laughs> 70s. Like, let's take the idea of a variety show and do it for the kids. Jesus. With the Hudson Brothers. <laughs> oh, man. All right, fire it up. Oh, we've been fired up already. Oh, fine. Yeah, it's my movie. We're doing <laughs> <laughs> Boss gags on Jay Leno. That's what we're going to watch. Um, hey, folks, hey, folks, welcome to Cult Son of a Catacombs, our second episode of the month, uh, Andy's Choice. And um, and he's actually – you've picked a recent one for me, actually. Yeah, yeah and um, we're going to do Revealer. Uh, it's on Shudder. It's a Shudder exclusive. Mm-hmm. Um, again, if you don't have Shudder, what do you do? Do it. It is with all the insanity going on with streaming networks right now. It yeah, is looking, a solid choice. Yeah, we're looking at you, Warner Brothers. Uh, yeah, on. it is a solid choice to get. Um, but this movie is all of my favorite horror movie things that they've uh, they haven't updated them. They just released them now. So it's set in the 80s. It's mm-hmm. set in Chicago. It's post-apocalyptic definitely has vibes from let's say night of the comet maximum overdrive uh, that type of thing um very 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 um queer friendly movie this one um thematically which is awesome um grimy I mean, it definitely caught my attention. I remember seeing the trailer for it uh, one night on Joe Bob, and I was just like, oh, okay, something else to put in the uh, watch list when this drops on Shutter." Yeah, I mean, the setup is pretty simple, and it's not spoiling anything. But, you know, one of our main protagonists is uh, a dancer at, like, the Peep Show. Um, and the oh, other... So, so it's Nomi Malone? <laughs> kind of, kind of. Um, the other one is a... Uh, Holy Roland Baptist um, protester. Oh, God. They, they protest <laughs> the strip club every day. Oh, so, God. <laughs> and they know each other because of it. So, like, because she has to walk, you know, go into work every day with these people outside. And, you know, it, it turns out it's the apocalypse and things just go from there. So, um, and they leave, and uh, no spoilers, but they leave the movie in such a way, such so wide open and introductory that 
they could go anywhere with this thing now. So um, kind of so like uh, Psycho Gorman, where it's just it's so yeah. open they could go anywhere with it. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Um, and it's great. Like the acting is fantastic. It's very low budget. You get that right away. They're proud of it. I'm not, you know, I'm not <laughs> dogging anybody. They they use every bit of the animal when they made this. Oh Jesus! Um, it is weird is it- and ropey and good. <laughs> Good. So and ro- ropey spam in a can? Ropey, yeah, yeah, definitely. Definitely ro- it's the ro- ro- poco- ro- ropocalypse in this ro- movie. Ropey post-apocalyptical spam in a can. Yeah, so, so, and it's not, you'll you'll see, you'll see. I'm not going to give it nice. away. Um, so if you go right now and you go to Amazon Prime and you pull up Trapped in the Closet, you can watch it if you want. <laughs> That's weird. They, they named it weird. I don't know why they named it so weird, Roy. <laughs> on 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 a on a little more of a serious uh, serious note, we would have to be remiss saying uh, this episode is going to come long before the news had just dropped. But we would be remiss without uh, mentioning on here about the passing of oh, yeah. a a satron paint of Colson, <laughs> Luke Oliger, um, ninety three years old man, and that man was still working up to you know he he never stopped acting. I think his most recent appearance was actually in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah. Um, but uh, I mean, he's done a lot of things. He was just he was well, he was in Nightmare on Elm Street two, which we just watched. And well, I mean, he was in Return of the Living Dead. Yeah. He was, he's he's honestly he's up there the on last the last picture Rushmore. show. Yeah, yeah. Of our movies, and he and he was in three of my favorite movies that I have yet to uh, release upon you. <laughs> which is the the feast trilogy um fantastic See, I've, se- monster I've seen the first yeah, i've seen the first feast i haven't seen any of the sequels i am very familiar with the first feast i love feast yeah oh, so the, just fan just fantastic monster movies i love that that movie was actually made as a result of project green light the mm-hmm. uh matt damon ben yep. affleck series i love that that got us the feast Could, because they what, what, what channel was that on hbo yeah, and they had it on HBO, right? Or at least yep. they had a short or something, and then they got developed into the full movie. Uh, but Clue Gallagher's in all three of them. Oh wow! And that is fantastic. And those movies are great. He was, he is. If our show has a Betty White, and it's not Betty White, it's Clue Gallagher. Yeah. I mean, the man's had one hell of a career. I mean, he got killed by Ronald Reagan in one television. I think. It was, <laughs> yeah, and. Of course, yeah, like you said, Return of the Living Dead, which is probably my favorite performance by him, is yeah. in Return of the Living Dead. He, you could tell he was having so much fun in that film. But yeah, it, 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 we'd be remiss if we didn't mention him. And yeah, may he rest in peace and and rest in power. And, you know, chumming away up there with Dick Miller and everything. Yeah. So, are you ready to watch Revealer? I definitely am oh, ready the, to watch Revealer. The other thing I wanted to say about it before we leave is. We were listening. I was listening to a podcast. It's some other kind of news pop culture podcast. Not but Boss Gags. No, I mean Boss Gags has a podcast. Okay, <laughs> it's called Lido on Shuffle. <laughs> it's an evergreen podcast. You put it on. You can play whatever episode you want, and he just does Lido for an hour every time. Um, no, the callback to the ninety-minute movie, like. Mm-hmm. We need more 90-minute movies. Oh, like, please, yes. Like, we need more hour and a half, 
tight 90 minute movies. Um, Prey was actually not much over 90. Um, so this movie is about 90 minutes. It's an okay. hour and 35 minutes. Um, and they just, and because of that, they pack everything they need to into that time. Not a lot of extra exposition, not a lot of ex- exploration. You get everything you need for this movie. And um, let's get more 90 minute movies while we're at it. Yeah, I mean, save save the the epics for the epics. We don't we don't need a three hour horror film. Um, looking at you, at, looking at you, cure for wellness. Um, <laughs> right. Uh, but I definitely agree. I, I miss the ninety minute solid ninety minute movie that's not a kids film. Right. So let's get back to that. This movie is that, and it's proof positive that it works. So let's go back to let's go back to 90 minute movies. OK, let's watch this thing. Let's get All right. It. All right. Well, we'll be right back after I witness the ropey post-apocalyptic titty fest. I'm guessing since she's a stripper, no, uh, there's no nudity, which is shocking that I would say I would ah, like I'm so much shocked without, without exploitative boobies in it. So, oh, wow. There was more tits and tatane and she wasn't in, in, in this, I guess. <laughs> or Tatani or Tane or how. Tawny Katane? Tawny, no. The, the, I just simply, it's like it's like that film, I was like, let's just call this movie what it is. Girl Fucks a Car. Oh, that, yes, yeah. <laughs> just, just call it Girl Fucks a Car. And yes. That's the movie. So, All right, we'll be right back, folks. Men and women turning on each other, tearing each other's skin with their teeth and their nails. Eyes like snakes, screams from below, cries from above. It's the end of the world. Judgment comes to wipe your stain from the world. Trust me, Sals, stains coming out of my booth ain't from me. So gross! It is the hour of our reckoning, and I have to spend it with you. I like what I do. I don't like being shamed for it, especially by the one person who's so hot to save my soul, but can't be bothered to save me from dying in a fucking peep show booth! you called the the uh the protester was into 
the stripper really early, which is good for you. I mean, obviously. Oh, yeah, I caught on right away. It's like right when I saw the way that she was acting towards the stripper, I was like, oh, she's a lesbian. She's hot for her. And sure enough, called it. Yeah. Um, it, it was the glasses. I know. It's those glasses, those glasses ter- telegraphed 80s lesbian. Uh, I I liked it, actually. Um, I, I, I liked that they decided to take the buddy cop uh, genre and <laughs> turn it into a horror film about a stripper and a Bible thumper. I, it, it gave me real, and I told you this when, when I first watched it, and I really wanted you to watch it, is that it gave me real strong Night of the Comet vibes. Yes, yes. Like, I thought it was really funny. I thought it was really, really funny. Well, like, the you, chemistry you had mentioned the, the chud line. I, I don't know the uh, the layout of the subterranean tunnels. I'm not a chud. <laughs> <laughs> Their chemistry is what made me like this movie. Yeah, they had great chemistry with each other. Great. It's set in Chicago. You don't get a lot of these type of movies set in Chicago. And I do mm-hmm. want to say, I was thinking about this earlier, and I was thinking about this movie, and I was thinking about Glorious, and I was thinking about a lot of the movies, going back as far as, let's say, Host. Mm-hmm. Um, the pandemic was fucking awful. Still is, right? But if there's any, if there's any bright spot here, it's that you took a bunch of weird creative people and locked them inside for two years and allowed them to make whatever weird shit they wanted to. And out the other side of that has come a bunch of little projects that are mm-hmm. really rad. Like, Movies that should not honestly work, but they yeah. do like this one. Um, you, you mentioned glorious that premise alone, that movie should not have been as good as it no. was. Um, the uh, unbearable weight of massive talent. Oh my God! Could have been another throwaway Nicolas Cage movie. It's an Oscar contender. Everything, everywhere, everything, everywhere, all at once. Another Oscar contender. I mean, this is an even Orphan, First Kill, a, a movie that should not have worked, is in my opinion better than the first film, and it's because of that plot twist. Um, yeah, this that's that's been a phenomenon I've seen this year, and it's made me genuinely happy. Yeah. to see these little projects that could normally just be tossed. Even hell, even X should not yeah. have worked like it did, and just it little, gives me two hope. Two handers, three handers, because of the pandemic, you can get that many people together, small mm-hmm. crews, um, making these wild ass movies on what I'm sure are pretty much shoestring budgets, mm-hmm. um, and just churning out amazing content and that for me if there's any bright side it's it's always going to be creative people making art in times of in dystopic times and we've seen Mm -hmm. it before in the past and it's happening now this movie for me was like how many what's the cast the actual cast was maybe four people yeah it was a very small cast and i the 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 biggest amount of people I saw were like the extras who were outside as the protesters. Yeah, but other than that, you have your you really just have your two leads and then the the horny shop owner and the demon. Yeah, whoever. And that's was about in that it. Demon suit. That was yeah, it. that's it. And 
you know, of course, it's going to, for me personally, anytime you put a couple of gunship songs as well as like a Nina song and some other shit on the soundtrack, I'm going to be into it. I don't care what it is. I'm going to watch it. So that helped. Like, they did a really good job. You'll see a lot of movies that are homage to 80s movies. Uh, you know, I'm thinking Psycho Gorman or Kung Fury or, you know, those type of movies. Mm-hmm. That do it more tongue in cheek. This movie was you could in an alternate reality, you could drop this movie into the 80s and it would work. It would definitely work because it definitely felt like a lost film from the 80s. It, it really did. did. It did. It really Ex- did. It felt like a lost film from the 80s, except for that one moment outside when it became Black Hole Sun out of nowhere. <laughs> well, yeah, that and the, the end, which I thought the other thing they did was make a make a two hander that was really, really tight. Right. Like. Mm-hmm. The script was tight. Uh, everything was everything was just them, right? Like, except for, like you said, the demon and maybe the shopkeeper. It was just them. Mm-hmm. And some weird snakes. Uh, <laughs> Ropey-ass yeah, snakes. I'm the, here for the ropey. I'm the, here for the ropey. But the ropey eel snakes with fangs, yes. <laughs> then all of a sudden, the last five minutes over the credits, it's like... <laughs> oh, when it becomes help. help. It becomes Hellbound, Hellraiser 2 out yes. of nowhere. Yes. yes. And I was like, yes, give me more of this, please. Make a sequel. Let's do oh it. Oh, my God. When they revealed that they were actually in hell, I was like, oh, fuck. Yeah. I was like, yeah. well, so much for that. Yeah. Where's your kid? Your And I thought that was really the. Re- so let's there were a couple of pretty good reveals in this as well. Um the the like there's a reveal should we i don't know i mean i guess we can reveal it we've revealed everything that there is about uh <laughs> anguish piece of shit um I'm, <laughs> I'm still mad at you i'm still mad at you um, but uh you know there there are a couple of really good twists in this mm-hmm. they they telegraphed them a lot um especially if you're roy um they telegraphed them a lot but i think they served the purpose of the script really well yeah and they played them really well and then the payoff for those twists was really good yes like uh one of the things that happens is you see it right off the bat is the demon in question is um i believe it was asmodeus wasn't it the yes the 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 the, the angel of judgment if you will mm-hmm. and um he was like basically throwing people in a little box and making them atone for their sins, making them listen to themselves sin or, um, which was an interesting concept. I mean, when they were, when, when he was doing that with the preacher, mm-hmm. I was like, Oh, that's good. I like that. Yeah. And they, and the, there's a payoff and I'm not going to, I don't want to spoil it because it is a recent movie. Mm-hmm. Um, you can go watch it right now. It hasn't been out for six months, five months. You're right up there on shutter. Check it out. And uh, the payoff for that bit is really good, mm-hmm. really good. Like there are a couple of points I got a little emotional in this movie um, just because of how well that they did everything. Um, and and some beats that were supposed you expect to go a certain way. There, there's mm-hmm. a reveal beat that you expect to go a certain way and it doesn't. Um, like, I don't know if you agree. Do you know what I'm talking? I know I'm being, I'm, I'm vague posting right now, but do you know what I mean by that? <laughs> I think I know which scene you're talking about. And yeah, it, I mean, it, it was done with good taste. It was not done 
you know, exploitively or anything. No. It was done. It was done very naturally. And the the reaction yeah. was very interesting because especially since this is set in, you know, the eighties. And the reaction that that happened from her was honest. It was an yeah. honest reaction at that time period. Um but also really funny. Like yeah. the way that it was set up was really funny. And I will say that the the term the term in this movie that was used was strictly dickly, and um, that's <laughs> perfect. Like whoever wrote that line, god damn it! <laughs> so there was good. some great dialogue. There really was. There were there was some really great dialogue in this thing, and I think that had the two leads not had chemistry, it would not have worked. But but it because because a giant chunk of this film takes place with the two of them stuck in the stripper booths. Yeah. And so, and, you know, trying to figure out how to get out of the stripper booth. And I thought at first that's what the whole entire film was going to be. And I was just like, oh, shit, we have the return of Mumblecore or something like that, you know. <laughs> right. I mean, my dad was Andre. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, but no, that's just the first act. No, that no, that was the second act of the film. The first act was, you know, chaos happening. Second yeah. act is get out of the box and the third act was shit hits the fan yeah and there, there is a line with the sleazy owner uh where she first the our our, our friend the the stripper uh comes into the the club to take her shift and the the, the owner says to her he's talking to her about why she doesn't quote unquote have a lot of uh a lot of business and he's like well you know oh, times are Jesus. changing Times are changing, you know. Uh, you got it down there, but not up top. And and if you look at these magazines, it's these big breasted women. And he's like, "You look like an upside down Tanya Roberts." Yes. And that line, flew, I was, I I was like, okay, that's in the first five minutes of the movie, and I'm like, yeah, okay, this is gonna be my kind of movie. <laughs> <laughs> I, at that at that point, when he said that line, I knew exactly. Uh huh. Where the film was set at that point, I was just like, okay, yeah, we're definitely during that time period where you know little titties were no longer in vogue. Yeah, like they had to be big and bodacious tatas. Why don't you stop listening to that Dennis Drill music while you're (laughs) dancing? I was like, no, don't stop, because it was like gunship is basically what he was saying. He was listening to. I'm like, Mm. yeah, keep that up, keep that up. Um, No, I love, I loved it, and. I I feel like this this movie was for me was what Glorious was for you. Like I feel like maybe you liked it a little less than me, but I also like Glorious a little less than you. Doesn't mean I didn't mm-hmm. like it. I enjoyed the hell out of it. J.K. Simmons delivers lines like nobody's business, even though I did want him to say we are farmers at one point. Or <laughs> um, get me pictures of Spider Man. Um, Oh no, but, that Chud that Chud line was brilliant. I actually oh, had to good. pause. I had to pause the movie actually because that line cracked me up so much. Oh my god, you wrote me immediately. It was like, I'm not a Chud. <laughs> it doesn't lose anything on multiple viewings either. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's really it's it's a very good movie. They did a great job. Thank you for putting that out there and making that happen during a horrible time in our existence. Keep making yeah. movies. Uh, yeah, please, people that are out there that are making movies like this, please keep it up because we appreciate them. We love them. Um, it's it's again proving that you don't need giant budgets to make 
something high quality um, that is enjoyable. And uh, I haven't had a chance to see Bodies, Bodies, Bodies yet, but I've been hearing wonderful things mm-hmm. about that one. Um, and like I said, you know, I just saw you know Glorious, and there's a couple of other projects that are getting ready to come down the pipeline that just sound th- absolutely thrilling. Like we're getting VHS 1999. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I have but, a copy of the um, the WNUF uh, sequel. Yes, and I not, have a copy coming my way too. I finally I'm not watching a copy. it. I'm not watching it until October. It is it is sitting here unopened. I'm not going to watch it until until you know officially. I know it's always spooky time for me, but officially spooky time. Like when I can sit down, crisp autumn, I can watch this thing and just really take it in. But I'm so excited for that. See, oh I don't God. think I, I don't think I have the patience. I'm probably going to have to watch it as soon as I am done with moving and everything. I'm going to have to tell me anything because I, I love the, I love the first WNEF so much. I've got to, I, when I heard they were making a sequel, I was like. Oh God! What? What? You're making a sequel to what? Yes, please. Yeah. I also, I also bought a copy of the original for my old man, uh, nice. which uh, feels like it feels like the uh, "Cats in the Cradle" song. It's, it's. It, I think we've officially switched roles now. Like, <laughs> like I want to hand it to him with Cat Stevens play in the background. Oh God. Yeah, that's that's like it, I'm 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 passing the torch now. It's my turn to turn you on to some weird awesome horror stuff since you <laughs> did it for my entire childhood um but yeah oh I'll, I, well, demons that's what it was i just just a little antidote while we're talking my uh my mom and dad went to visit my brother and his wife in uh west virginia and they're driving from ohio to west virginia it's not a long drive but they live on like the maryland side of west virginia the mm-hmm. you know so it's like an eight-hour drive my parents are getting up there they had driven into town they had left that late afternoon and gotten in about 10 o'clock or 10 30 and no no they left earlier they were getting in about 8 or 8 30 and um i look i i looked and i texted my mom and i said hey tell dad that Spinguli's doing demons the earnest <clears throat> Lord nine demons and she immediately sends me a picture back of him sitting in a hotel room <laughs> watching btv <laughs> watching earnest board i'm like here we go I come by it honestly, Roy. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Going back to uh, Revealer real quick, one of one of the other elements I really loved about it was the ending because the it was very typical of an '80s horror film in that nature by giving it a you know the happy ending. Yeah. But but then again, it another film that pulls the rug from under this when it reveals. No, there is no happy ending. Yeah. She's not going to find her son. They're in hell. They're in this giant labyrinth. And then we start seeing other pockets throughout the like of other people who are experiencing what they're experiencing as well throughout this entire world. And, and, and I mean, if they're if they wanted to make a sequel, there is sequel potential because they revealed in that closing credit segment that. They're not the only ones dealing yeah. with this someplace. There's, a, there's other people trapped in the in this labyrinth of hell going on. It, it was a very dark, dark, you know, synthwave, dark wave album cover moment where you have like <laughs> the black hole sun like pulling up from the inside and fires in a giant labyrinth and a dragon. I was like, what is going on? This is great. Um, yeah, somebody was. I think you're right. When you, as soon as you said it, that a light bulb went off in my head. I think you're right. Somebody is a fan of. Uh, of uh uh hellraiser 2 
because mm-hmm. that is a very Hellraiser two ending to this movie. It, it really is, and and I and I don't know if it was like done as a homage or anything, but yeah, I definitely got the vibe of Hellraiser two oh, when, movie, when, when that happened. It. I'm so glad you liked it. Yeah, um, you know, it, it's it's not a big giant movie. It's just exactly what it should be. Mm-hmm. Uh, reminded me of going into it it exactly reminded me of going into like a local video place and, and renting a movie based on the cover art definitely home, watching it and being like what the hell did i rent yeah it definitely <laughs> is a throwback to the 80s and early 90s you know made for vhs mm-hmm. horror genre that was out there where you know i i i mean i don't know if the artwork that they sh- that they have on shutter would have been the artwork they would have had on the no cover maybe, i think it, it, i think it probably would have been a little more elaborate or something like that like uh i think we would probably still have the image of her writhing on a chair but i think there'd be this big ass demon behind yeah. her or oh, something. There, there'd be like a demon wind demon back there mm-hmm. also 90 minutes 90 yes minute movie bring back the 90 minute movie you can do mm-hmm. these great movies in 90 minutes reach I'm going to call for a return to form for direct to VHS 80s style movies. Like that's what I want. I, I think sure. no, no surprise. Right. But yeah, I mean, even orphan is an hour and a half. Really? Uh, yeah. The new orphans only an hour and a half. Um, Glorious is only an hour and 18 minutes. And even I, I don't think X was over two hours either. I mean, this shows that, you Good. know, when it comes, when it comes to horror like this, we don't need to necessarily, linger you know i mean it there's nothing wrong with short and sweet get the terror mm-hmm. in horror i mean hell host proved that i mean host yeah, is oh. only an hour and two minutes long and it did its job in that hour and two minutes you know, scaring the living shit out of everybody and um, i don't it? think this movie i don't think this movie would have worked if they would have tried no. stretching it out any further mm-hmm. the fact that it is an hour and a half I mean, not only, again, you know, brings in the tone of what an 80s horror film was, but at the same time, it was the perfect pace for telling the story. Well, and Prey was only an hour and a half, right? Uh, Prey was an hour and 40 minutes. Okay, yeah, so, so yeah, yeah, right in that same ballpark. So yeah, let's do it. Let's keep this train rolling. We don't need The Conjuring 8 that's two and a half hours long because Annabelle crawls up somebody's butt and decides to lay <laughs> eggs. We We... This is what we need, and it is working. This is great. I, 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 if this is the trend, let's do this. I'm so yeah. excited for it. Watch this uh, movie. Yeah, I, 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 I definitely agree. Watch this movie. If you have Shutter, check it out. I think it's also available for like rental also. So if you don't have Shutter, but if you see it streaming, it's worth a rent. Definitely check it out. It, I mean, if you, especially if you are really into the whole uh, aesthetic of 80s horror, you will not be disappointed with this thing. It's a loving tribute to that genre. Very much so. Oh, I get to talk about my movie now. Yes. Um, so as we you know what it the is. Last episode, Let me be clear. Yeah. We know what it is. You and you know. Because oh, I'm excited. <laughs> because I had two choices because we're doing Black Exploitation Month. Yeah. So I had two choices. Um, you're going to take the serious one, or at least the most, the more provocative. This is the way the show works. I, I pull some, some random shit out of my ass and throw it at you and make you watch it. We all know, we all know how this works now. It's formulated. <laughs> um, you're the serious guy. I'm going to make you watch Laser Mission. Um, but I think I think this month we turned it around though because I threw at you anguish and then you gave me revealer. So. <laughs> 
I think but we traded were, places but, this month. Roy, with all due respect, that was a that was an eleventh hour change. You have, you yeah. were coming with the sauce, and I was trying to match you. That this is, and then you were like, okay, well, we can't do that. So here, let me break your brain and make you think about <laughs> eyeballs for five hours. <laughs> um. So my choice, it was down to two. And I and I brought them both to Roy and I said, these are the ones or or kind of I said, this is the one I want to do. But here's the one I really want to do. <laughs> and the one I wanted to do was Black Dynamite, uh, which is a great film. Oh, so good. But then I said, here's the one I really want to do. And Roy <laughs> lost his crackers all over the place. And that is Pootie Tang. God. We are going to do pootie tank <laughs> and about damn time because yeah, so this good. film is underrated it really oh, is oh pootie tank uh, not minute, enough people the, have watched pootie tank no the minute you mentioned that title i said yes we're doing that fucking yes we're doing pootie tank we have <laughs> no, to nope. do pootie tank we're doing pootie tank <laughs> forget black dynamite it's a, and then you were like you went on for five minutes about how good black dynamite is and then you were like but we're not doing that <laughs> I'm real excited. This is one of those weird Foodie Tang's one of those weird movies that when it came out for three months upon release, that's all anybody would talk about. They were quoting it, they were taking off their belt, they were doing the whole bit, right? And then it just went away. Well, what was weird about it was everybody was talking about it. But it wasn't a hit. It flopped. It was such a huge yeah. flop. But it, but everyone talked about it. Hell, it was a giant joke in Scary Movie Three. Yeah, that was that was, a, that was like a running gag about Pootie Tang being the killer of worlds. Yeah. So, <laughs> but like everybody was doing the you know the I'll catch on the flippy side. Like everybody the, 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 I knew. Sada Tang. Sada Tang. Like everybody I knew was quoting Pootie. Like everyone. And then one day it just stopped. Stop. Like. It would be like if Borat, if everybody went my wife for a week straight and that's all they could say, like a Twilight Zone episode, and then everything went back to normal. This is a great Twilight Zone episode. I'm going to call it Jordan Peele. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm so excited to do this movie. I really am. The minute you brought up that name, I oh. like I, I, I literally was like a little kid being told that he gets to be the first one to see the new Star Wars movie. Yeah. I was just like, yeah. Well, I was like, can we do it? Because you and I had talked about the fact that the writer is Louis C.K. Like, mm -hmm. can we do it? Like, is that appropriate? Um, but the thing is, like, it is. Like, Louis C.K. has been involved in a bunch of shit that we still talk about. Like, at some point, you got to say it's 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 the third cousin to Louis C.K. Because it went through so many rewrites and then the actors got a hold of it and the director got a hold of it. So it's OK. It's not like we're doing Leonard Part Six or anything like that. You know, we could we could do oh. uh, Trapped in the Closet and Leonard Part Six is a <laughs> Jesus. There you go. And the, and uh, and the uh, Jerry, the Jerry Lewis clown movie. You want to throw that oh. in there, too? Jesus. Yeah, there's a double feature for you. Letter Part Six and Trapped in the Closet. We, we would call we would call that the Sexual Predator Month. I mean, That's right. It's Oops All the Sexual Predators Month here. Oh my God! But no, I mean it, Louis C.K.'s controversy aside, it, I mean it, this is one of those films where it doesn't get in my way of right. the enjoyment of the film because not only of the actor who's playing Pootie Tang, oh my God, but. Be but because of Chris Rock and Wanda Sykes, just I mean, so good. So. Like I could have easily, I could just have easily, and I might later say CB4 
I might later I, throw that I out love, there too. I love that movie too. That one is great. <laughs> like I grew up on those. Those are movies that I love, 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 love. I'm so oh, glad we're doing this movie. CB4 is an underrated gem. It really There's is. So many of them. Oh, so good. All right, uh, well, let's go watch I'm some excited. black exploitation movies. Yeah, I am too. <laughs> I mean, I, I, it, I, I do want to make a note here is that when the minute you mentioned Pootie Tang, I realized I didn't own a copy. So I immediately bought it on Vudu. Uh, I didn't <laughs> care how much it was. It's like the, it's like after we were done discussing it, I messaged you and it was like, I just bought Pootie Tang. Fuck it. Yeah, right, I'm buying Pootie. That's, it's so funny how that happens on this show. Like, what was the movie I bought? Uh, Liquid Sky. Liquid I bought Sky. Liquid Sky, like the Shout Factory Liquid Sky, uh, or was it Vinegar? It was Shout Factory, it's, I think. No, it was Vinegar Syndrome who put that one out. Okay, like I bought that one like years after. I'm like, oh, I got bought Liquid Sky. <laughs> My brain well, is a rotted hole now. Well, let's make let's face it. The minute that they actually, eventually, it's going to happen. Release kiss and the phantom of the park oh, on blu-ray God. you know we're instant buying that oh, i'm buying so. the i'm buying the the whatever the super special edition of that shit yeah so i mean well hell i mean look the minute they announced a uh, 4k restoration of the kindred bam instant reserve yeah. i was just like yeah doing that all right let's go watch some black exploitation movies right <laughs> you got it all right gang thanks for joining us and we will be back next month with uh Pootie tang and honking Yes. All right. <laughs> Talk to you later.